Gary Scott is president of Allen Tate Realtors, a premier full-service real estate firm in the Carolinas, an independently owned powerhouse in strategic partnerships with Howard Hanna Real Estate, and a proud founding member of leading real estate companies of the world. Gary himself is an industry veteran with over 30 years of leadership in real estate. He's a man with deep experiential-based knowledge across the gamut of critical topics for today's industry leaders, from M&A to sales to team building to leadership strategy to core services. I could go on. But setting aside the outrageous laundry list of expertise, Gary's leadership is grounded in a profound understanding of humanity. Within moments of engaging in conversation with Gary, it becomes clear how deeply he cares really cares about the people who work for and with him and the clients that they serve across the Carolinas. Plus, he's a ton of fun to talk to in no small part because he has a fresh perspective even on the most studied topics for today's real estate industry. And I've got him here for you today. You're in for a treat, my friends. Let's hear from Gary. Jessica, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Well, I am excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this. So thank you for having me. Thank you. And I have to say to our audience, this is a quid pro quo kind of day. Uh, I get to be on Gary's podcast immediately after this. So, and Crib, all of the brilliance that he is about to bestow upon you and just regurgitate all of it, plagiarism style. So exactly. Uh, Jessica, research and development. I've mastered the art, right? That's right. Uh, I, it was so funny as you and I were talking yesterday. I said, tomorrow will be a first. That's right. But no, I, what I said was, have you ever done back-to-back podcasts? So uh, first, I'm honored to be on yours and equally honored for you to join the Reality Podcast, which we will record right after this. So thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. And it's kind of a wild time. It's actually been a couple of weeks since I've recorded a podcast. And in that time, the market has done some loop-de-loops a little bit. Um, you know, I, I keep making this, stealing this, speaking of plagiarism, a comparison of a quote that Marcy Russell, our chief economist, took and used, but also she plagiarized it from The Economist. So that's, you know, that's how we all work. Um, which is the economy right now in the first half of 2023 is very much like the Mona Lisa smile. You look at it one day and you're, it's, it, it really seems to read one way. You go back the next day and it's a little cloudy and it's just a completely different interpretation. So real estate being always local, talk a little bit about your market right now and what you envision for your market, and then what is what are your folks seeing? And, and you've got your ear to the national to the national footprint as well. What are you thinking is going to happen for our industry as a whole in the second half of the year here? Yeah, so you know, a few questions tied into that. First of all, I love the Mona Lisa metaphor, right? Because right? yeah. I, I do think that not only is the real estate market hyper local, you know, we talk about it being regional, but it really has become hyper local. But not only that, it's become so timely. And uh, the thing that I'm reminded of is a couple of weeks ago when the inflation report comes out, Jessica, good news, right? And then we put a pause on the Fed and good news. And then two days later, interest rates rise, right? And so you say to yourself, there are some economic tailwinds, right? Uh, but then you turn and all of a sudden there's a headwind. And sometimes what was a tailwind becomes a headwind 
which goes to the Mona Lisa smile. So uh, I would hope that I can provide a perspective. Um, a, a good friend of mine, a colleague, Neil Hanks, always does predictions. And then at the end, Jessica, he says to the audience, so what do I think? He says, I'm just not sure. Because, you know, predictions are just that. But, you know, it's interesting, you know, at the end of 2022, we looked in the crystal ball for 2023. And then at halftime, we then see how we did, right? We either nailed it or we failed it. And uh, so I think a couple of things. I think that uh, the spring market felt really good in March. It felt like it was coming. Yeah. It felt like the smile. Mm -hmm. April then kind of moderated itself. Got a little uh, smirky. It was smirky. And then in May was a good month, not a great month. And so I think what is so interesting, and we're very fortunate you know, to be in the Carolines. Uh, I think first and foremost, I would uh, suggest that North and South Carolina, whether they're the two best real estate states in the in the nation or two of the best, you know, we're in a very admirable situation, right? I think that we've got a lot of people coming to the Carolinas by their choice uh, because of mountains and beaches and climates and airports and mountains and jobs and Raleigh and Charlotte and, you know, the list goes on and on. So we're very fortunate. So I think that, uh, but the challenges that we have, everyone else has, it may be, just be to a different degree. Uh, so I, I think that a couple of things, I think that 2023 first half uh, probably fell short of our predictions. I think for us, it certainly fell short in units. I think it probably exceeded our expectations in volume. We have gotten home price appreciation at a level much higher than the five or six that we had anticipated. I think we believed there would be some relief on the inventory challenge, not a solve, but some relief. And I don't believe that we have uh, achieved that relief. I was sharing with a group today, uh, Jessica, this irony of 12 months, June of 2022. Inflation, 9-1. Yeah. Interest rates, crack, 7. We look at University of Michigan consumer confidence at 50. And what's so fascinating about that number, and I wish I paid more attention to it 12 months ago, is it was 55.8 in November of 08. So June of 2022, consumer confidence, the predictor, was at an I don't know if it's an all-time low, but it's certainly an all-time low since I've been looking at it, lower than the financial crisis of 08 and lower than April of 2020, one month after the pandemic started. So I think that we probably should have anticipated the backside of 2022 doing what it did. And I think the front side of 2023, Jessica, has lagged behind what we thought might happen. Yep. And inventory is clearly the the issue, uh, clearly. We're getting, just in the last couple of days, what, some, some good news out of new home construction, right? All of a sudden, there is this driver. We've all been talking, well, you know, we've got inventory shortage. Existing homes, we are in trouble for a while. I mean, our, our, our homeowners are snuggled up with their, you know, 3%, and they're not going to be moving until they have to for a while. 
I mean, there are other drivers. We can talk about that on the on the existing home front. But in terms of new construction, what are you guys seeing in your neck of the woods? Yeah. So it, it, you, you bring up a great point. I think up 20%. Was that the yeah. number 20%? And, and consumer and builder confidence is like, everybody's getting all sparkly. I think I read today, 636,000 was, was new home sale projection last month. And now it's up at 783,000. And we know that 783, combine that with a 5 million existing is a pretty solid market, historically speaking. Yeah. What we know is the inventory challenge, crunch, crisis, whatever you want to call it, was caused primarily of two things. One, the lack of confidence and availability of new construction, particularly affordable. Right. And the other was the baby boomers aging in place. And the baby boomers aging in place have not moved. They are continuing that journey. And you know what is really interesting, back in right prior to the pandemic, maybe at the end of 2019, we predicted at that time that the silver tsunami was upon us, that right. in 20 and 21 and 22, we were finally going to get this aging population, this healthier population to make a move. And then COVID absolutely put the squash because they were the most significantly impacted uh, generation, right? So they said, I'm not selling my house. I'm not letting anybody in my house. And now guess what? They're just staying where they are. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I, I will share with you and our audience, you know, we've been laser focused the last 90 to 120 days on what we call boomer home physicals. Yeah. And we've just been saying to our salespeople every single week, you need to go to three baby boomers yeah. and you need to sit with them. Because they've got so much equity that they are in the driver's seat, but they don't know where they're driving. Right. They don't know how to drive. And boy, they need us. And they're not going to get it in, a, in an email campaign. They're not going to get it in a billboard, Jessica. They're not going to get it any other way than me and you sitting here walking through the whys and the wherefore. So, you know, that's a strategy that seems so... I call blocking and tackling mm -hmm. that is so fundamental, you know, go back to the basics, which we're all talking about. And, you know, what we know in COVID is our business really transitioned almost immediately from relational to transaction. Yeah. And we have to get, it's got to be relational on steroids. A hundred percent. I think that's really an important piece of the journey in the balance of 2023. So, I think this, I think number one, we have to remind ourselves that it's hyper-local. Mm -hmm. And that means, uh, you know, a subset of a subdivision of a region of whether it's South Charlotte or Raleigh, and that we got to be very careful of general statements describing any market because that is super dangerous. I think number two is we have to create listings. Yeah. We cannot be an index to the market. And, and, and we just can't be an index because if we, settle for simply being an index to listings down 15, 18%, then we aren't going to be able to get ourselves in a better place. You made a comment earlier, right? The, this new construction uh, you know, data that just came out is really, it's that Mona Lisa smile, right? Uh, There's a smile today. Um, but then you get, you know, you get some home prices in certain regions 
are, you know, doing the, the frown side of the Mona Lisa. And I love, I love your comment, Gary, about this really being a relational business, because I feel like there is so much noise in the technology space. There is so much value in the technology space as well. But I think especially for some newer agents that have, have started their practice in the last couple of years in particular, there needs to be serious training about what that means. It's not just, hey, do you want to sell your home? It is, it's a new era for people over 60. Here are choices. Here are ways to strategize. Here are ways to think about the markets and, and really pull out not just the analytics and the data, because that's all kind of available out there as well. But getting rid of the noise online and becoming becoming a, a consultative service for, for our clients. It's, it's the new era. And I'm not going to dive into all of the antitrust litigation and all the rest of it, but there is so much questioning right now on the buyer side value proposition as well. And in, in my book, the noise that we are hearing online and the overproduction of information out there they need humans. They need people to really be able to sort through it and boil it down for them. So um, the other interesting thing before we turn away from inventory is part of that. Yes, there's a bunch of new uh, residential properties coming online, but there's also $500,000 of rental units coming online. And especially for some of these new first-time home buyers, there is a view that that home buying is, is in some ways insurmountable. And again, with sort of the, the, the creative products out there, there are a lot of products out there that I'm seeing and I'm hearing about that are very focused on, well, let's make renting feel like buying. It's like, okay, but what about the equity? How are you going to magic that up, right? Um, what are your thoughts on this sort of hopeless feeling that might be fomenting right now with some of those first-time prospective home buyers and how your agents are talking to them? Uh, you know, a great point. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sound a little bit like a broken record. It's about education and relationship. And, I, and I'm going to share with you a story. And I I shared it. I was up at my alma mater not long ago, and it was an annual event where about 50 alumni spend time with about 121 undergrads. So we're talking to the undergrads, and I get to meet somebody who's graduating in two weeks. Great young guy, great passionate about his experience at college, but he was talking about where he was going next year, and he was getting a job at UBS in New York in capital markets. So I first said, Jessica, I said, first of all, I'm having a conversation with somebody smarter than me. That was the first thing I said. And then I said, well, so we're going to talk about it. And he said, you know what? I'm excited to get there. But he said, he looked at me and he said, I'm not going to buy anything. He says, do you know what interest rates are? And I looked at him. I said, well, I have a hunch. You know, I got an idea, right? I might know what they're. And I said, yeah, they're like six and a half, seven. He said, I would never. I said, so just do me a favor. Tell me where you're going to live. First of all, tell me the size, right? It's New York. So like, yeah, 478 square uh -huh. feet. I'm going to pay like $5,000. And I said, you are super intelligent. I said, 7% feels like this monumental number. I said, you do know that's almost a full point less than the last 50-year average. Let me just provide some perspective for you. You're leaning in on the greatest two years that our industry has seen and in my 37 years. And I looked at this guy, super smart. And I said to him, I said, you might want to pull out your HP calculator. What is the interest on that rent? And he said, you know, I would have never thought about that. Yep. So my point to that story is we as trusted advisors, counselors, we can't assume anything. We can't assume that my good friend who spent 30 years at Wells Fargo, when I sit at, at uh, Starbucks with him, I can't assume 
that he is paying as close attention to the market as Jessica and, and Gary. Right. And I think sometimes we make assumptions. So number one, I think you have to eliminate assumptions. Number two, you hit a good point. The single family rental is the hottest thing. And I think it goes back to, you know, again, I think sometimes our focus needs to be less is more. And I think if we say to ourselves, let's do, let's be really good at three things. We are going to be relational. We are going to be educational and we are going to know the market inside out, upside down. We're going to know the numbers. We're going to know the data. We're going to be, but, but the key is we've got to be committed consistently to have these conversations. And that's the frustration that Gary Scott and probably everyone that walks in the same moccasins that, that I walk in, we're frustrated because we kind of know what needs to be done. Yeah. We try to create initiatives and then. I wouldn't even call them contests, but, you know, hey, let's have a home physical initiative. Uh, you know, we had a great one for two months. We had did 497. We got 25 listings and our uh, and our listing presentation platform. We did the most listing presentations out of our platform in the 60 days that we as an enterprise were laser focused. I think I would say to all of us, lesson learned, right? Kind of a lesson learned. I want to read a, a quote and, and I think it says it better than I've heard it or I've said it. And it's about the relationships. Relationship capital will be the most valuable asset in the real estate lead generation for at least the next two years. Put all of your resources into that and watch your business thrive. Don't, and it will die. We think about currency and we think about our capital the human capital, the human currency is relationships. Yeah. That quote, I, I'm like, I'm just going to go to sales meetings. I'm going to put that quote up on the screen and then I'm going to leave. You know, really like that. If we can grasp that as an industry, then I think we're going to make, we're going to be able to, as, as our good friend, Steve Harney says, you know, then we're going to be able to move the needle, but we've got to, we've got to get, out of our mind that the problem doesn't have solutions and every single one of us needs to be part of the solution and not look for somebody else to do it. Sticking with that and sticking with your communication to your agents for just one more second, the market shift that we've seen in the last really 24 months has been unlike anything that we've seen probably since 08, 09, right? What you just said is so powerful, but I know, because I've seen it in action, some agents out there who are so stuck in that, that sort of foundational grind that they started 24 months ago, that they're really having trouble with that shift. So in addition to those sort of truths about relational marketing, what else would you tell those agents from sort of a leadership perspective in terms of how to break old patterns and really get into what will make them successful in this new era. So uh, I'm kind of going to pivot a little bit because I thought you were going uh, to a different place. One of the things that we think is critical is for our, our people to hear from our people, yeah. not from Gary. And so we've expanded dramatically, Jessica, panels, webinars. I facilitate agent panels. As we said earlier, back to back, right? We got a, we got a home and a home, right? So we're going to be doing the reality podcast. We do a weekly podcast that you know it's predominantly for our company, albeit it gets to the industry. 
we, we interview our people who have made the shift because I know that they're going to be our general audience is going to pay much more attention to Gaia Goldman and Barry Wilkins and Linda Beck and Kelsey Kearney and Hannah Hunt and James Webb. They're going to listen to me, but they all know that I haven't sold a house in 30 years. Right. But when their peers talk about a open house strategy, which includes invite the neighbors special event Friday night before the Saturday and Sunday open house for a wine and cheese or a food truck. Okay. That's a little bit different. We have another guy, for instance, that he has a, he's done a study. Every time there's a listing in a neighborhood within 10 days, there's another listing. So what he does when he sees a listing, Jessica, he does almost a, not a just listed card because he's not the listing agent, but he, for two weeks, he gets to everybody in the neighborhood because he knows one or two of them is going to list their house. That's unique. That's different. Quite frankly, it's not unique and it's not different. It's what we did back in the 80s, right? It's, it's actually blocking, tackling fundamentals. And we got so out of, uh, I think we got so out of our own selves uh, as uh, COVID created this incredible energy. And then I think, you know, technology and, and digital space and social media clearly has to be completely integrated into our plan. I think some people have gone overboard and that has been their plan, not as part of the plan, but the plan. So leverage your talent to, to share their success and their skill and their ability to move from point A to point B. I'll give you one more quick one. Uh, was with one of our top people the other day, ran into him uh, at the gym and a guy, Carl Richmond, been with us 35 years. And Carl's one of the great ones. And I said, Carl, how you doing? He said, you know what? He said, if I did not have my geographic farms, I would only have one sale today. He said, I'm having the same year I had last year because people in my farm are finally, they're boomers, but, but interesting, right? If I got in the business in 20 and 21, I'm not thinking about geographic farm and I'm not thinking about expireds and withdrawals, right? I'm, I'm just not thinking about that. I'm thinking about how am I going to navigate 19 offers and, and all the rest. So I, I think that, uh, again, I encourage everyone to leverage your talent. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the greatest leadership that you can do is identify the great people in your organization that will, that will have a much greater and faster impact on more salespeople. I love it. And that does absolutely answer the question that I asked, right? Which is how do you, how do you get people out of stuck ruts? And it's by bringing up those folks in your industry and in your company who are being successful and show don't tell, right? I mean, this yep. is, this is what's working. I love it. All right. So we got into a little bit, but in terms of your brokerage structure right now, in terms of your growth, in terms of how you are working, not just with your agents, but your staff in what is, I don't care how we want to frame it. We can talk recession or the potential there, you know, today or some other time, I don't care, but it's a tight market right now. So from a growth perspective, from a brokerage perspective, what are you guys doing and what mistakes do you see out there happening right now that you are uh, being careful not to emulate? So I think we start with the premise, and you and I spoke about this kind of as we prepared. You know, we start with the premise that it's our belief that it's all about leadership. No more, no less. 
you know, whether we have 70 offices or another company has 500 offices or somebody's got 10 offices. Our offices that succeed in any and all markets, there is one common thread and they have a great leader. They recruit, they retain. Their office attends the company events. They support the community. They support mortgage, title, insurance, warranty. And so we, we really fundamentally believe, Jessica, that you know, one of the initiatives above listings and home physicals, boomer physicals, is we've got to be laser focused on developing our team as better leaders. And, you know, I'm super uh, excited and I'm really proud of, of our company. Uh, we just completed last week a program we call Emerging Leaders, where we took 27 agents, agents from throughout the footprint and put them on a nine month program on an emerging leader. Because one of our challenges as an industry, every meeting I've gone to for 25 years is, where do I get my bench? And so what happened in this 27 people, three backed out, right? Three dropped out after two sessions, which you expect. But what happened is every single one of them became better leaders whether they wanted to be a leader of an office or not. And what it did is it demonstrated to them our commitment to them as individuals. So that's a leadership piece. The second piece that we just completed was a very intentional and deliberate leadership development series where we took our whole team and broke it into thirds. And for six months, they spent time with myself and some others on developing leadership skills, communication skills. We spent a lot of time on Pat Lencioni's books, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, yeah. The Advantage, The Ideal Team Player. You and I talked earlier, R&D. Yeah. Like, I don't really need to create it. Pat Lencioni has created it. But it's about, it's about taking an idea and then execution, right? I think one of the things that is critical is we have a tendency to over-plan and under-execute. And there's a delicate balance. Uh, I, I was watching the documentary the other day on BlackBerry and they, the guy used the term that's one of my favorites and it's the enemy of good is perfect. Yeah. And, and I just believe that. So uh, I think that as we strengthen the leadership and with that comes a lot of communication mm-hmm. and the communication has to be motivational, inspirational, hope and reality. You can't be too much, right? But you have to give people uh, a belief that if they do these certain things, that they will absolutely be able to move the needle. And it's not Pollyanna. No, we're not going to stand up there and tell everybody, you know, that the market's up this. It's, hey, we're do- our units, uh, I looked the other day, our units are down, say, 14%. Our volume is down 10%. I'm sure people that watching this in other parts of the country would would uh, like to trade for those numbers because there are some that are 24 and 19. And, and again, each of our regions is uniquely different. But I, I think that, you know, you can't hide the fact that if you drop 10 unit, 10% in units or 15 or 20, that's a lot of transactions and it all filters through your other lines of business. Yeah. Right. So to your point, it's real. Uh, I do think that, you know, it's funny because Pat and I, we, we talk about the recession word and, uh, you know, whether it's technically in a recession or not, the good news is it doesn't look anything like it did in, 
and seven, eight, nine, or eight, nine. Oh, no. Oh, no. And what it also is, is that we're going to sell just shy of 5 million existing homes. Yep. Give or take. According to today, we're going to sell 700,000 new homes. And what you and I know is from 2012 to 2019, which is what that looked like, everybody was fine. The difference is we didn't have a different perspective. That's the difference. We just didn't have a different perspective. So um, I think the mistakes that we make out there, I think one of the mistakes that is made is, is we're not, we need to be uh, transparent and vulnerable to the consumer. And what I mean by that is, you know, we really have to be as, I'm going to use the word honest, which is not the right one, uh, candid yeah. with sellers. We have to, we have to tell sellers the truth. And like, there's no, there's no margin for error. I always say there's three buckets right now. There's a bucket of the listings we wish we had. There's a bucket. It's a big bucket, right? Jessica, these are the ones we need. Then there's the ones that are priced right in great condition. And guess what? Seven offers, multiple offers, over ask. Then you've got a whole group been on the market, 60, 70, 80, because they're not priced right. They're not because the real estate professional trusted advisor allowed the seller to run the show and, and, and wasn't strong enough to remind them that the house that sold two years ago when interest rates were 2.75, and we have to remind everybody time and time again of the equity that they built while they sat there not selling their home in 2021 in the first half of 22. Because it's been gigantic. And to your point, and this this takes us back full circle to being that the relational uh, business. When you talk about leadership and your focus on leadership for your offices right now, including you know the the agents, part of it is having that bench. But I think part of it too comes down to what you're talking about is agents being leaders of their clients, right? That is the role that we fill. And in order to do that, we need to focus on integrity. We need to focus on transparency. We need to focus on, on professionalism. And I mean, that's that really in, in so many ways is encompasses who you guys are as business. So well done. Well, it's interesting. Uh, was at, uh, you know, with a group of 15 brokers and we were talking about all the challenges in the world. And I said, I said, I'm going to break it down to one thing. It's about leadership. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting, your identification of the fact that leaders aren't titles, you know, that's all, that's cliche, but it's true. Yeah. And we've got to lead the market. We've got to lead the market. And, you know, one of the, you know, three of the, the leadership pillars that I think uh, speak to agents to, uh, leading it, branch leaders leading it, is, is trust, mm -hmm. vulnerability, and courage, right? We've got to build the trust in our client. We've got to be vulnerable if we make, take a misstep. And we've got to have the courage to look him in the eye and have a conversation with him. And to your point 15 minutes ago, that didn't have to happen for 24 months. Right. People got out of practice. Yeah. And, and they're trying to figure out how to sharpen the saw. And this, this, this relational, transactional to relational on steroids is a challenge it is. for many, no question. It is back to the grindstone. Unbelievably, 
Gary, we are at the bottom of the hour, but I have to let this last question ride and, and push us over a little bit because it's how I end each of the podcasts. Asking you as a leader in your decades in the industry and as a leader, what is the one piece of advice that you were handed down and that you find yourself coming back to either in your own times of, of distress or um, passing on to your um, to your your growing leadership underneath you? That has evolved over 37 years. Uh, be authentic. Be your best version of you. And get better every day. And, and and I just, I think this authenticity. Five years ago, Jessica, if you had asked me that question, I probably would have said competition. Right. It's about authenticity, right? It's about, it's about really just treating everybody in the most authentic, genuine way, because then guess what happens? You build trust, which I spoke about. Then you're confident in being vulnerable by standing up and being counted. Uh, you know, I say you got to own it. But it also gives you the courage to make the tough decisions when the enterprise needs them. Yeah. Be your own best authentic self each and every day, and success promises to follow. Gary, thank you. What a perfect note to end on. I, um, I'll see you in 10 minutes. Exactly. <laughs> thank you for having me. What an honor. And uh, I will see you in about 10 minutes. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gary. Talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye-bye.